Section 43 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mark Ernest. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9 by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night 973 When it was the 973rd night, she pursued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the jeweler took the knife from Kamar al-Zaman, he knew it, but was ashamed to say, This is my knife. So he asked, Where didst thou buy it? Kamar al-Zaman answered as Halama had charged him, and the jeweler said, The knife was cheap at that price, for it is worth five hundred dinars. But fire flamed in his heart, and his hands were tied from working at his craft. Kamar al-Zaman continued to talk with him whilst he was drowned in the sea of solicitudes, and for fifty words wherewith the youth bespoke him, he answered him but one, for his heart ached, and his frame was racked, and his thoughts were troubled, and he was even, as saith the poet, I have no words, though folk would have me talk, and who bespeak me find me thought waylaid, plunged in the care sees undiscovered depths nor aught of difference see twixt man and maid when kamar al-zaman saw his case thus changed he said to him be like thou art busy at this present and leaving him returned in hottest haste to his own house where he found halima standing at the passage door awaiting him quoth she hast thou done as i bade thee and quoth he yes she asked what said he to thee and he answered, He told me that the knife was cheap at that price, for that it was worth five hundred dinars, but I could see that he was troubled, so I left him, and know not what befell him after that. Cried she, Give me the knife, and wreck thou not of him. Then she took the knife, and, restoring it to its place, sat down. Now after Kamar al-Zaman's departure, fire flamed in the jeweler's heart, and suspicion was sore upon him, and he said to himself, Needs must I get up and go look for the knife and cut down doubt with certainty. So he rose and repaired to his house and went in to his wife, snorting like a dragon. And she said to him, What mattereth thee, O my lord? He asked, Where is my knife? And she answered, In the chest, and smote hand upon breast, saying, O my grief, be like thou hast fallen out with some one and art come to fetch the knife to smite him withal. Said he, Give me the knife, let me see it. But said she, Not till thou swear to me that thou wilt not smite any one therewith. So he swore this to her, and she opened the chest, and brought out to him the knife, and he fell to turning it over, saying, Verily, this is a wondrous thing. Then quoth he to her, Take it, and lay it back in its place. And she, Tell me the meaning of all this. He answered, I saw with our friend a knife like this, and told her all that had passed between himself and the youth, adding, But, when I saw it in the chest, my suspicion ended in certainty. Said she, Haply thou misdoubtest of me, and deemedest that I was the Levantine's mistress, and had given him the knife. He replied, Yes, I had my doubts of this. But when I saw the knife, suspicion was lifted from my heart. Rejoined she, O man, there is now no good in thee. And he fell to excusing himself to her, till he appeased her, 
after which he fared forth and returned to his shop. Next day she gave Kamar al-Zaman her husband's watch, which he had made with his own hand, and whereof none had the like, saying, Go to his shop, and sit by his side, and say to him, I saw again to-day him whom I saw yesterday. He had a watch in his hand, and said to me, Wilt thou buy this watch? Quoth I, Whence hadst thou it? And quoth he, I was with my mistress, and she gave me this watch. So I bought it of him for eight and fifty gold pieces. Look at it. Is it cheap at that price, or dear? Note what he shall say to thee, then return to me in haste, and give me the watch. So Kamar al-Zaman repaired to the jeweler, and did with him as she had charged him. When Obeid saw the watch, he said, This is worth seven hundred ducats, and suspicion entered into him. Then the youth left him, and returning to the wife, gave her back the watch. Presently her husband suddenly came in snorting, and said to her, Where is my watch? Said she, Here it is, and he cried, Give it to me. So she brought it to him, and he exclaimed, There is no majesty, and there is no might, save in Allah the glorious, the great. And she too exclaimed, O man, there is something the matter with thee. Tell me what it is. He replied, What shall I say? Verily, I am bewildered by these chances, and he recited these couplets. Although the merciful be doubtless with me, yet I am sore bewildered, for new griefs have compassed me about, or ere I knew it. I have endured till patience itself became impatient of my patience. I have endured, waiting till heaven fulfill my destiny. I have endured till e'en endurance owned how I bore up with her, a thing more bitter than bitter aloes. Yet though a bitterer thing is not, then is that drug it were more bitter. To me should patience leave me unsustained. Then said he to his wife, O woman, I saw with the merchant our friend, first my knife, which I knew, for that its fashion was a device of my own wit, nor doth its like exist. And he told me of it a story that troubled the heart. So I came back and found it at home. Again today I see him with the watch, whose fashion also is of my own device, nor is there the fellow of it in Basra, and of this also he told me a story that saddened my heart, whereof I am bewildered in my wit, and know not what is to come to me. Quoth she, The purport of thy speech is that thou suspectedest me of being the friend of that merchant and his layman, and eke of giving him thy good, so thou camest to question me, and make proof of my perfidy, and had I not shown thee the knife and the watch, thou hadst been certified of my treason. But since, O man, thou deemest me this ill deem, henceforth I will never again break with thee bread, nor drain with thee drink, for I loathe thee with the loathing of prohibition. So he gentled her, and excused himself, till he had appeased her, and returned, repenting him of having bespoken her thus, to his shop where he sat. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of Night 973 Night 974 When it was the 974th night, she resumed, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the jeweler quitted his wife, he repented having bespoken her thus, and, returning to his shop, he sat there in disquiet, sore, and anxiety galore, between belief and unbelief. About eventide he went home alone, not bringing Kamar al-Zaman with him. Whereupon, quoth his wife, Where is the merchant? 
and quoth he in his lodgings she asked is the friendship between thee and him grown cold and he answered by allah i have taken a dislike to him because of that which hath betided me from him quoth she go fetch him to please me so he arose and went in to kamar al-zaman in his house where he saw his own goods strewn about and knew them at this sight fire was kindled in his heart and he fell a sighing quoth the youth how is it that i see thee melancholy obeyed was ashamed to say here are my goods in thy house who brought them hither so he replied only a vexation hath betided me but come thou with me to my house that we may solace ourselves there the other rejoined let me be in my place i will not go with thee but the jeweller conjured him to come and took him to his house where they supped and passed the evening together kamar al-zaman talking with the jeweller who was drowned in the sea of solicitude and for a hundred words wherewith the guest bespoke him answered him only one word presently the handmaid brought them two cups of drink as usual and they drank whereupon the jeweller fell asleep but the youth abode on wake because his cup was not drugged then came halimah and said to her lover how deemest thou of yonder cornuted who is drunken in his heedlessness and weedeth not the wiles of women there is no help for it but that i cozen him into divorcing me to-morrow i will disguise myself as a slave-girl and walk after thee to his shop where do thou say to him o master i went to-day into the khan of al yashirja where i saw this damsel and bought her for a thousand dinars look at her for me and tell me whether she was cheap at that price or dear then uncover to him my face and breasts and show all of me to him after which do thou carry me back to thy house whence i will go to my chamber by the secret passage so i may see the issue of our affair with him then the twain passed the night in mirth and merriment converse and good cheer dalliance and delight till dawn when she returned to her own place and sent the handmaid to arouse her lawful lord and her lover accordingly they arose and prayed the dawn prayer and brake their fast and drank coffee after which obeyed repaired to his shop and kamar al-zaman betook himself to his own house presently in came halimah to him by the tunnel in the guise of a slave-girl and indeed she was by birth a slave-girl then he went out and she walked behind him till he came to the jeweller's shop and saluting him sat down and said o master i went into the khan of al yashirja to-day to look about me and saw this damsel in the broker's hands she pleased me so i bought her for a thousand dinars and i would have thee look upon her and see if she be cheap at that price or no so saying he uncovered her face and the jeweller saw her to be his own wife clad in her costliest clothes tricked out in her finest trinkets and cold and hennaed even as she was wont to adorn herself before him in the house he knew with full knowledge her face and dress and trinkets for those he had wrought with his own hand and he saw on her fingers the seal rings he had newly made for kamar al-zaman whereby he was certified with entire assurance that she was indeed his very wife so he asked her what is thy name o slave girl and she answered halimah naming to him her own name whereat he was amazed and said to the youth for how much didst thou buy her he replied for a thousand dinars and the jeweller rejoined thou hast gotten her for gratis for her rings and clothes and trinkets are worth more than that said kamar al-zaman may allah rejoice thee with good news 
Since she pleaseth thee, I will carry her to my house. And Obeyed said, Do thy will. So he took her off to his house, whence she passed through the secret passage to her own apartment, and sat there. Meanwhile fire flamed in the jeweler's heart, and he said to himself, I will go to see my wife. If she be at home, this slave girl must be her counterpart, and glory be to him who alone hath no counterpart. But if she be not at home, tis she herself without a doubt. Then he set off running, and coming to his house, found his wife sitting in the same clothes and ornaments he had seen upon her in the shop, whereupon he beat hand upon hand, saying, There is no majesty and there is no might, save in Allah, the glorious, the great. O man, asked she, art thou mad, or what aileth thee? Tis not thy wont to do thus, and needs must it be that something hath befallen thee? Answered he, If thou wilt have me tell thee, be not vexed. Quoth she, Say on. So he said, Our friend the merchant hath bought a slave girl, whose shape is as thy shape, and her height as thy height. Moreover, her name is even as thy name, and her apparel is the like of thine apparel. Brief, she resembleth thee in all her attributes, and on her fingers are seal rings like thy seal rings, and her trinkets are as thy trinkets. So when he displayed her to me, methought it was thyself, and I was perplexed concerning my case. Would we had never seen this merchant, nor companied with him, and would he had never left his own country, and we had not known him, for he hath troubled my life which before was serene, causing ill-feeling to succeed good faith, and making doubt to enter into my heart. Said she, Look in my face. Be like I am she who was with him, and he is my lover, and I disguise myself as a slave girl, and agreed with him that he should display me to thee, so he might lay a snare for thee? He replied, What words are these? Indeed, I never suspected that thou wouldst do the like of this deed. Now this jeweler was unversed in the wiles of women, and knew not how they deal with men, nor had he heard the saying of him who said, A heart bore thee off in chase of the fair, as fled youth and came age with his hoary hair. Layla troubles me and love joys are far, and rival and risks bring us cark and care. And wouldst ask me of woman, behold I am, and physic of womankind, wise and ware. When grizzleth man's head and his monies fail, his lot in their love is a poor affair. Nor that of another. Gainsay women, he obeyeth Allah best, who saith them nay, and he prospers not, who giveth them his bridle rein to sway. For they'll hinder him from winning to perfection in his gifts, though a thousand years he study, seeking after wisdom's way. And a third... Women Satans are, made for woe of man. To Allah I fly from such Satanesses, whom they lure by their love he to grief shall come, and lose bliss of world and the faith that blesses. Said she, Here am I sitting in my chamber. So go thou to him forthright, and knock at the door, and contrive to go in to him quickly. And thou see the damsel with him, tis a slave girl of his who resembleth me, and glory be to him who hath no resemblance. But an thou see no slave girl with him, then am I myself, she whom thou sawest with him in the shop, and thine ill thought of me will be established. True, answered Obeyed, and went out leaving her, whereupon she passed through the hidden passage, and seating herself by Kamar al-Zaman, told him what had passed, saying, 
open the door quickly, and show me to him. Now, as they were talking, behold, there came a knocking at the door. Quoth Kamar al-Zaman, Who is at the door? And quoth the jeweler, I, thy friend. Thou displayedest to me thy slave girl in the bazaar, and I rejoiced for thee in her, but my joy in her was not completed. So open the door and let me look at her again. Rejoined he, So be it. And opened the door to him, whereupon he saw his wife sitting by him. She rose and kissed their hands, and he looked at her. Then she talked with him a while, and he saw her not to be distinguished from his wife in aught, and said, Allah createth whatso he will. Then he went away more disheartened than before, and returned to his own house, where he saw his wife sitting, for she had foregone him thither by the Sudarain. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of Night 974 Recording by Mark Ernest